Welcome, everyone. Thanks for listening in. This is the Training Edge Podcast, and I am your host, Isaiah Newkirk. Today's episode is a good one, where I'm joined by um, a coach-athlete combo and returning guest, uh, Indians national TT champion, Naveen John, and then his coach, Ashton Lambie. Ashton, who many of you will know as a pretty big athlete in his own right, um, as he did hold the World Pursuit record not that long ago. Um, so it was pretty cool to get to know you know, how he thinks as a coach compared to as an athlete and how he uses his own experience to help Naveen in his new pursuits on the track. During this episode, we get into some pretty darn cool topics of an a- basically how an athlete can really utilize their coach to the fullest potential, as well as how coaches can in turn really push their athletes. So as a heads up on this episode, there was some feedback and a little bit of a a delay on Ashton's connection. Um, I apologize for that, but bear with me. It does get better on the second half of the episode. So without further delay, enjoy my conversation with Naveen and Ashton. All right. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Uh, today, I'm joined by a pretty awesome coach and athlete duo. Uh, both individuals, in my opinion, have found uh, you know their own path in the sport of cycling that is not what you would normally think of when you think of professional cycling. Um, so both of these individuals also wear several different hats and um, are both coaches and athletes. So, you know, I bring on... Uh, both of these individuals to jump into this season, which is essentially focusing on uh, the coach athlete dynamic relationship, kind of what they unearthed during their, uh, you know, path as a relationship. And um, so today within that, in that light, I have the athlete today, which is a returning guest, um, Naveen John. Naveen is actually, um, he was on the podcast back in episode 13 um, of season one. So if you want to go back and check that out, please do. It's great. Um, and then the coach today is Ashton Lambie. Um, so both of you, thank you. Welcome to the podcast. Um, and thanks for joining me. Pleasure being on. Yeah, thanks for having us. All right. Um, so I gave them a little bit of a heads up, so we'll see what they come up with. Um, but to kick off this episode, I actually want them to introduce themselves and um, Naveen, why don't we go ahead and start with you? Hey, so uh, I'm Naveen John, um, speaking to you from India, uh, so different zip code from my coach, but uh, uh, me in a nutshell, without, uh, without rewinding back too much and maybe uh, not touching on episode one uh, or the first time I was on here, um, athlete, so I, I'm a cyclist, uh, I compete here at the top level in India, I've uh, been doing so for the past nine years, um, I represent the country anytime we get the opportunity to go um, uh, out on the road. Um, besides that, I'm also a coach, um, just kind of, uh, uh, you know, trying to, sh- trying, to, trying to fill a gap in Indian cycling um, with regards to kind of quality coaching. And um, I kind of uh, wear both those hats at the same time, athlete and coach, which is kind of uh, a little rare, I guess, but uh, especially in Indian cycling. So that's something else I do. And I'm also, um, I'm also always currently, I'm thinking a lot about the future of Indian cycling. And um, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of uh, me in a nutshell. Besides that, I call myself a retired electrical engineer. And 
I guess one more interesting point is uh, that I got my start in cycling uh, through collegiate cycling in the US. So, and that's where you and me met, right? So yeah, that's me yep. in a nutshell. Nice. All right, Ashton, you're up. Uh, yeah, I'm Ashton Lambie. Um, I'm a professional track and gravel cyclist for the last like three or four years. Um, from the Midwest, living out in Colorado now. And uh, yeah, that's, I don't, I don't know that I have a full big of as big of a spiel as uh, Naveen. Um, I've, I've started coaching in the last few years, uh, sort of took on a little bit of a leadership role after like learning a lot more about track and you know, my own training and working with a, a strength coach, Chris Del Sega at Athletic Strength Institute. And so, yeah, it's been really fun to kind of try and transition that, you know, realizing that I'm not going to be able to race track professionally for, you know, forever. So uh, um, the coaching has been really awesome and, uh, you know, so got a lot more big plans for track. So I'm excited to see how all that stuff goes. Sweet. So I, I guess this is down the line for me, um, but what inspired you to start coaching Ashton? What kind of like kicked that into gear? Yeah, it's funny. It was, so I've had, you know, I think a lot of like my track accolades uh, probably come from like uh, breaking the world record a handful of times. Um, but actually probably one of my favorite wins that I ever had was when I was with the USA men's team pursuit program and we, we had like, you know, sort of an A-level squad that went to all the world cups and world championships. And our head coach at the time was like, all right, I'm going to break you guys up. Um, and we're going to put you with like some of our development guys so that it's not just like, oh, the, the national team just comes up to national championships and rolls everybody. Like that would have been a pretty easy thing. We all get a Jersey, but like nobody really learns anything, you know? Um, and so I got to work with, it was uh, me and you might know Colby Lang. Yeah. Um, he's another cyclist in the Colorado area. Yeah, Colby's uh, awesome. So we were kind of the guys from like the national. Yeah, he is awesome. Yeah, I miss that guy. Um, so it was me and Colby. And then you might know Shane Klein and Grant Koontz. Yeah. Um, Shane, Shane's been in the, the domestic red scene for a long time. Grant's from Colorado. And uh, yeah, it was the four of us. And so um, our head coach was like very hands off. He was like, all right, I want you guys like, here's your team. Here's your squad. Uh, go see what you can do. And uh, so for me, I think I, I kind of fell into that natural leadership role for that team um, and having like the buy-in from those guys and getting to apply everything I'd learned from team pursuit um, and like, you know, it's not like we had months and months to train. We had like, you know, two weeks. And so it was really just like, okay, how are we going to execute this? Like what's practice look like? When are we going to get track time? Like all these things that I, you know, as an athlete, you just kind of take for granted. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, all right, everybody, here's our caffeine supplementation protocol. Here's our sodium bicarb supplementation protocol. Like if you guys aren't drinking beet juice, you need to drink beet juice. And so it's like all these kind of things that I did and I picked up and I was like, oh, well, now I have like this, this position. And like, it was super gratifying when we won because it was, you know, everyone was so invested in this process that we had helped create this team culture that we'd create. And there was just like, like yeah, this awesome camaraderie from, you know, the, this team that was like, 
it was it was good guys but i i think us like the four of us and maybe a handful of other people thought we were going to win um because there were you know there were a lot of good guys and there were some teams that had more guys like further up on the national team program that didn't necessarily get split up that looked better on paper um but then it was like oh we just had this awesome process that everyone bought into and not only did we win but like we set a new track record um that we hadn't even done in training with not even our a squad and i was like this is awesome i love doing this like i love the whole the whole process and like you know, not just applying what I've learned, but learning like, oh, everyone's situation is different. Like, how can we, how, how can I improve, you know, what this person's going through, what Naveen's going through, like what his goals are and kind of taking that like problem solving process of like, okay, well, what's our end goal? What are we trying to do? And then be like, what are the steps we need to get there with the resources that we have? Cause those are always going to be different. Um, so that was a pretty eye-opening experience for me. And like, incredibly gratifying more i mean you know it's just i don't want to say just a national championship like it's a you know it is a lot like it's you're the best team pursuit squad in the nation on that day um but it wasn't you know a world cup win or a world championship jersey or anything like that but it was still you know for me probably one of the most meaningful victories i've ever had yeah it was awesome so that's what made me want to coach that's sweet the yeah one of the things that i've seen within like elite athletes that kind of like step up to do coaching is that they have this, you know, background and platform to kind of like work off of, and they have this knowledge pool, but then some of them can't necessarily apply it. So it sounds like you were pretty well able to connect with these athletes, which is, you know, pretty important. Um, so did you pick that, did you pick that up immediately or was it just something that like took a little bit to, and you knew these guys, so it was easy to kind of dive into that. I mean, I knew those guys and I think they respected like the process and the work that I put in as well. Um, and it was never like, I would never ask them to do something I wasn't also willing to do. You know, there was like a day, I mean, it's national champs. So it's like, it's track time's always weird. And it was like, okay, can you guys get here at six? And it's like, man, fucking nobody. Can I, can I curse on this podcast? Sure. Yes. <laughs> well, okay, great. 100%. I was like, Great. Okay. Uh, I was like, man, yeah, no, nobody wants to get there at six, but it's like, if you're invested in the, in the process and you're the guy that's showing up at, you know, you're, you're willing to get there at, you know, or get up at five 30 and grab donuts on the way to the track for everybody. Like, then it's sort of like, okay, we're getting the buy-in to this. Um, so, I mean, I think it's, it's a little bit different. And I mean, you could still do that as a coach, you know, if it's like an athlete, it's like, Oh, I don't want to do this gym workout today. Or like, this seems really hard, you know, then it's like, okay, well, maybe I'm not going to do that exact same workout. Like I'm not going to be able to put up those, those numbers forever, but I can sure show up and like, you know, make sure you got chalk and like get the bar set up for you. Like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, having been an athlete and then like when someone does that, you're like, oh my God, that makes such a big difference. And being able to do that for other people is huge yeah. too. Yeah. But I also think it takes the right person to be able to, in the moment as an elite athlete, say like, man, what that person's doing for me right now um, is making my life so much better. And then being able to remember that down the line and then apply that 
to athletes down the line is huge. So I give you a lot of props for doing that. That's, that's oh, great. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think having, having a process helping other people, like being able to apply that process of like, okay, here's where we want to get, here's the resources we have, how do we get there? Whether yeah. that's coaching or whether, I mean, whether you're a coach or an athlete, like that's kind of what you have to do. Yep. So it's yep. like bringing that out. Yeah, totally. Okay, great. I'm glad we, that was a good segue into that question. Um, but to step back, um, Naveen, I would actually, uh, because I think people will like to hear this on a, a little bit more of an advanced level. When, what made you decide that you needed a coach? What made you decide to go down that process and, and how did it start? I'm curious. Yeah. So, um, when I, uh, moved to India with this idea of winning, you know, nationals back in 2012, left, left college. Um, I came here with a power meter and I was like, okay, um, I know it's going to take some sort of objectivity to do what I'm trying to do. At least that would be what I need to do to be different from, uh, you know, the way it's, it's being done here. Um, and I didn't come in with a coach and I was, I was kind of lost. I spent two years just kind of figuring stuff out, you know, I had no idea about training zones, nothing like that. Right. So I got my first coach and man, that changed the game for me. I mean, um, that kind of got me that, um, just introduced me to the whole paradigm of, you know, structured training and actually being good on a particular day, which is what you need to perform um, yeah, to compete. Um, and, and then I went through the wilderness again, self-coached for a while. And, and, you know, um, once you figure out, uh, how to win a national championships, it's a little bit of just plug and play, you know, uh, until you start meeting challenges. And that's where, that's where I think coaching and having a coach, uh, or having the right coach really helps you sometimes. Um, so after going through kind of a wilderness patch of self-coaching, um, and winning a couple national championships and kind of, uh, going to Belgium and experiencing racing there, I just felt like, um, I was, I, I was losing a little bit of that inspiration for what, what next and came up with this idea of trying to, during the pandemic, of course, trying to just, uh, put myself in a place where I don't know stuff again. And that, that early excitement of learning stuff and being, being like, uh, 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 you know, someone new to cycling and, and track cycling, something that I've wanted to do for a while. I put together the resources for it in terms of equipment and stuff like that. But I was like, man, I need to find someone. And with track cycling, it feels like there's a lot less information out there um, because it is a smaller world. Um, I mean, you've got like, 200 road cycling coaches to pick from, but with track cycling, it's a lot more closer group. And, and I was like, yeah, I could, you know, uh, go with uh, X or Y as a coach, but I really felt that having someone who kind of maybe has um, kind of that shared kind of path through the sport, someone from the, from the outside uh, who kind of stepped into, you know, maybe performing at a top level. And, and, um, and, and that's where kind of uh, Ashton popped up on my radar. You know, I was like, here's this dude, doesn't look anything like, you know, what you'd expect from, you know, uh, uh, a track cyclist performing at the top level. Um, and, and, and that really resonated with me. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, um, I reached out to him for, uh, in November and uh, I mean, we got going so quickly. It was like impressive. <laughs> it's like took us 24 hours to just get rolling, you know, with training and stuff. 
But uh, was that the original question, Isaiah? Was it how I met Ashton? Uh, yeah, no, I, I think like that combined with what you, why you wanted to coach. And I think you answered both very eloquently. So yes, great work. Um, yeah, no, I think that was it. So then uh, that kind of leads me to uh, the next question, which is, I'm not sure, actually, sorry, if you have you worked with other coaches in the past? That's another question that I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have. I mean, uh, before Ashton, I had uh, two coaches, both uh, just, you know, changed the way I both added a lot to what I thought coaching was and what I thought coaching had to offer. I mean, mm-hmm. and the thing is, I never expected to learn these things from coaching relationships. And it, it took a little bit of, I think, the key to getting started in a coaching relationship is being ready to be coached, you know? Um, and it's almost yeah. this almost mental switch. It's like to predict what you can expect to learn is almost, at least in the three relationships that I've had so far with coaches, the stuff that I've learned is nothing that I expected to have learned before I, I started working with them, you know? And maybe part of that is because I took my time in, 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 um, in getting into those relationships and really deciding when the time was right for me. I think as an athlete, there are phases in your life where you just kind of need to be off structure and just explore and grow and figure out what you really want to do. Uh, But once you figure that out or you have an inkling, I think, um, I think uh, wasting any time kind of uh, not going with a coach, I think that's a missed opportunity because there's so much unintended stuff that you learn along the way. And I, I can boil down the stuff that I've learned with all these three coaches and with Ashton just working for four months is, you know, uh, the bullet list is already, I think, uh, up to 10 points. So, <laughs> nice. so it's been great. Yeah. Dude, that was so well put. I need to, I might just pull that and use that as like a, a commercial for <laughs> just coaching in general. Um, so, uh, I guess th- that's also great because this jumps into, um, basically, how does Ashton vary from the other coaches that you've had previously? So what are the, you know, you mentioned these bullets that you didn't expect. So what are the big things that kind of like stood off the page, like right as you jumped into it? Um, big one, uh, intuition, right? This, this um, uh, it's something that, you know, uh, so I've got my engineering background and it's all built around, you know, first principles, you know, uh, what, what do we need to touch on to achieve this end goal? And uh, let's build a plan towards it, right? And so I'm all, um, with Ashton, one of the big things, at least from the outside, right? Um, um, Ashton has this brilliant intuition for, uh, which I haven't seen with other coaches, and, and you don't really see it online too much with a lot of stuff that's put out there. Uh, and with the paradigms in coaching, where combining strength and, uh, and training for an endurance event, like the pursuit, right? Um, the way that Ashton combines the two, I don't know where that magic comes from. That'd be a question for him. Uh, but um, uh, the way he combines the two is something that is pretty unique uh, uh, in, my, in my experience, you know? And um, so that's something I learned. And I used to have this idea that gym was something that really needed to break you down. You know, you'd go in, you'd do, you'd spend an hour and a half uh, in the gym two, maybe two times a week in the off season. And, um, you know, in some cases to the detriment of your road riding. With Ashton, just to kind of touch a little bit on the way I've experienced um, Ashton's programming is, is looking at the gym as something that kind of uh, uh, really lifts up your performance on the road the next day. You know, it's this idea of activation and 
and and getting you ready for some big efforts the next day but at the same time providing enough stimulus that strength is also improving you know so that's kind of just to touch on one of those bullet points changing that paradigm of strength is something that you need to walk out of the gym feeling like you're broken versus you need to be feeling uh better for it even during uh you know a mesocycle for example versus kind of you know three weeks out or six weeks out or eight weeks out at the end of a cycle so yeah i don't know um maybe ashton can answer a question uh with regards to where that intuition came from because man it's it's been magical <laughs> I'd, i'd love oh to my hear gosh that. <laughs> i'm flattered geez wow uh hey, i was so nervous oh my god <laughs> um spill the beans what's the yeah so that you're where did you develop that love? intuition like that intuition for combining the two you know and getting more out of yourself on the bike i mean that's not that's not normal um <laughs> for sure i think i've learned a ton from my strength coach chris delasega who i actually still work with and i feel like i learn from him all the time um i mean up until ooh, would have been like winter of or basically like spring of 2020 i'd worked with you know a cycling coach as well um so i had basically like someone running my on the bike program and some and chris i started working with him in 2017 um and he started you know riding my gym program and so you know my my cycling coach would just put in like personal gym program two days a week uh and so i think a lot of that has been and you know i think it's been a tricky balance and a lot of learning you know from chris's perspective of like he works with a lot of athletes across a ton of different disciplines so he's got this really broad depth of knowledge of like biomechanics uh energy systems um you know just human anatomy and figuring out like okay well how does that fit in to the sport you're doing and like what does that look like you know so for me to program that into cycling is a little bit of my experience of just working with what kind of stuff has worked for me um which i realize is a huge limiter for a lot of like athletes that progress to coaches so trying to learn you know constantly keep learning about the stuff that he knows like the energy systems um different loading like progressive over patterns for the gym um figuring out all that kind of stuff um and some of it is experience you know like if you ride in a tt position a lot like your rhomboids are probably going to be trashed like there's four exercises that four remedial exercises that you can always do to like you know get that stuff better um it's yeah you know some of it is a little bit repetitive because like riding bikes is riding bikes it's a repetitive sport like yeah. you know the tt position is going to be a little bit you know you're going to have the same kind of neck problems that everyone else has um so i don't know does that answer the question like so. it's a yeah. little bit experience a little bit trying to learn and a little bit from my coach chris you know yeah yeah i think the the and I had I did a podcast a couple episodes ago with a strength coach and it's nice to see that starting to be implemented within the endurance world now where people are starting starting to finally step away from the box that is like so solidified within 
the sport and kind of like finally totally. find just and, and then trying something new too. like the, the experimentation side of the sport, I think is a little bit lacking. And then just yeah. to hear somebody coming from another sport and applying that um, it's great. But OK, so one thing that I've noticed um, that is difficult uh, is I actually work with quite a few athletes that also have a strength coach. And working that dynamic, you know, that's always going to be a challenging feat is to work with another coach with an athlete. Um, it's the same thing with working with a multi-sport athlete. But um, I guess like how did when you worked with a so this, I guess, still directed at Ashton, when you worked with a strength coach and your cycling coach at the time, did that work? And have you been able to do you feel like you're better able to craft um, your Naveen's workouts now that you're able to do both sides of that coin? Yeah. I mean, I would say it worked. It worked because I think as an athlete, I always kind of asked questions about like, okay, well, what's the purpose of this workout? If I have 10, one minute full gas reps, full gas efforts with three minutes in between, like, do you want me to do all of those? Do you want me to do the first one at 700 and the last one at 400? Or do you want me to do all of those at 500? Like, you know, I'm asking questions like that and trying to learn from, from both coaches, um, you know, working with and being like, okay, well, what's the purpose of this workout? What's this workout? Like, can we move this workout around because I'm sore from gym? Like, and kind of having that, that communication and that effort of trying to figure out what's important. Um, and what's the flexibility that like an athlete needs to function well within that framework. So like, I never give Naveen weight. I'm needing to go lift this much weight in the gym. Um, yeah. Because I've found that that's like, if you're a high performance athlete, like you're probably going to push that to a level that's comfortable. And if you, if someone does that and then they're like absolutely trash on the next day, then I'm like, Hey, you know, like how'd the gym go? Like what happened? Uh, um, and it's easy. It's really good. Notes. So it's like, the communication is there. The flexibility is there. Um, you, I find that like athletes do really well, especially if they're already high performing. If you give them a little bit of a framework of, okay, here's what I want. Here's the intent. And here's the flexibility that you have, you know, like I would rather you, um, uh, if you feel like the gym is really killing you, I would rather you cut sets out like maybe five by five on a squat is too much. I'd rather you do three by five and push the weight and feel like you're crushing it the next day, because like, it's just going to depend, you know, like the programming is a little bit flexible, but if you've only been in the gym two months, like a five by five squats, probably going to put you in the tank for a couple of days. Like, you know, do a three by five and let's focus on the bike work. If it's, uh, you know, off season, then maybe let's stick with the five by five and cut a couple of those one minute reps on um the periodized gym work i think is huge um yeah. i think that's something like almost no one's doing that's one of the huge things that drew me to chris uh, um so yeah i mean it it is easier like you know if you give the athlete a little bit of flexibility and like there's a you know established boundaries of like what's change um what the expectations are and then having good communication. Those are all huge. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, that's a couple things within that. It's funny on the periodization front. I totally agree with you. Um, but in the strength world, 
that's like standard. It's like just a normal thing that um, people are using, um, at least. Mm. So, and it's just now finally getting to the endurance world. Um, and then it also sounds like, and then I want you to correct me if I'm wrong here, but um, I, I love the concept of giving an intent and, and then saying, okay, this is what you can do to still achieve that and having like brackets, like, but you can, they're big brackets. Um, but it also sounds like Naveen, it would be like a good candidate for that, that would understand that um, and be able to work within that and, and guide himself. Um, but I know yeah. a ton of athletes that would freak if that was <laughs> what they were told to do. So Agreed. It's, yeah, it's yeah. just that finding that balance. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes you have to make the bracket a little bit like less gray and more black right. and white. So like yeah. I've been doing these efforts that, uh, you know, it's like a flying 2k and it's like, okay, well, you got to do eight reps today and here's the pace. And if it drops off 7%, you cut the effort in half. Great. Cut and dry. Super easy. Like, you know, there is a decision, there's flexibility to be made there, but yeah. there's also like a very clear cut and dry framework. Yep. Yep. Versus yeah. like, Hey, just go ride 2k, you know, eight times. That's a pretty gray area. Yep. I agree with you there. Um, all right. Great. Good, good stuff. I love it. Um, let's, you know what, Naveen, I want to make sure that we <laughs> give you plenty. Uh, so, so quick, quick, uh, quick button here. Um, Cause sure. I yeah. think um, this is something we're talking about and Ashton hit on it. Uh, and this kind of, this is me taking off my athlete hat for a second. Uh, sorry to, sorry to <laughs> jump there a little bit, but um, you know how uh, us as coaches and athletes, you know, we have, whenever we work with a new athlete, we kind of, uh, we, one of the big challenges is equalizing as, as an athlete as, and as a coach in terms of the vocabulary that we use, you know, and as cycling coaches and me as an athlete, you know, one of the big things I try to uh, equalize on in terms of, you know, kind of read out of the same playbook, so to speak, um, is in terms of training zones and TSS and, you know, and, 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 and these, these certain, these certain terms, right. I think what Ashton talked about and uh, 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 these couple key words, intent, you know, I think that as coaches and athletes, we need to equalize on a kind of a different set of kind of training terminology. Like, I think one of the most important things that I ask Ashton is at, at the start of a mesocycle or the start of a week is, uh, Ashton, what's the intent of this week? Like, should I go, this is week one of a three week meso cycle, right? Um, uh, should I go deep on these squats or should I wait for week three to go really deep, you know? Uh, and should I just middle it in that second week or, and, and Ashton would come back with an answer saying push as much, uh, that allows you to be, that allows you to feel good on the bike the next day. It's such a subjective kind of thing intent. But I think it's almost one of those things. It's it's one of those terms that need to be added to the vocabulary, or, or every conversation um, that a coach and athlete has. You know, it's like okay, zone three, zone two. You know, tempo, threshold, all that stuff's great. But I think intent is something. It's almost one of those checkpoints. Let's touch on intent. You know, for that, and that's something that uh, Ashton and I have really kind of done done well and we both kind of get that you know and and uh yeah i just ask him what's the intent of this week you know i don't even i don't even touch on individual workouts i just say what's the intent of this week should i should i be be dead at the end of this week or should i wait for week three to be dead you know uh and and 
cool anecdote. Uh, there's like this one workout that we did in the lead into nationals. It was a workout, pretty basic stuff, just, you know, some threshold reps in the TT position. And um, it was a workout that I actually brought in because I'm attached to it. And, you know, Ashton was like, hey, this isn't the best thing to be doing before at nationals. You know, it was like a strengthy 10 minutes. And he's like, you do, if we're doing gym work, you don't need to be doing strength stuff on the bike. Like, would you mind if you, would you consider switching this workout from like a strengthy to TT cadence? And I was like, you know what? I've done it this way, like in the past two builds, I won two national championships, but this dude's like pretty fast on a bike and, and I've gotten into this relationship to learn a little bit. And I said, heck yeah, let's do it at TT cadence, you know, but what's interesting is uh, I kind of put this session in Ashton kind of uh, uh, pushed me to kind of uh, try something new with it. And the third thing, which is the back to the point of intent is like every workout, ideally over the course of, you know, maybe a three-week MISO cycle, you would try and add some sort of progression to it, right? And so as a coach, Ashton could have gone in and said, this is the progression, like maybe numbers-wise, you know, a lot of coaches throw out maybe number, use numbers as this thing that, uh, you know, the, the way they see as bringing value to a relationship is like putting out, you know, these power numbers and targets as a coach. Some might see that. But what Ashton did was pretty simple and I loved it. I freaking loved it. It was like, Week one, session. Week two, all he put in the title was a little bit louder, you know? That's it. Just, you know, quote unquote, a little bit louder. And I was like, dude, this is magic, right? <laughs> Intent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, <laughs> oh, that's great. Man, okay, so when, when you I'm read... glad that one stuck. <laughs> dude, <laughs> when, love it. I'll, Love I want to know what a little bit louder was to you. Like when you read that, what do you think a little bit louder means? Yeah. Per, yeah. It what just was it meant for the workout. It was for the workout. The, 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 the TT, you remember the TT strengthies that I brought to the session yeah, that yeah. I said I really yeah. need to do. And, and you didn't need to put anything in there. You could have just copy pasted the workout, but you added a little bit louder to the second and third week. And I just went out and just allowed myself to hurt a little bit more. Yeah. Know, just be a little bit more ragged towards the end. And maybe just, you know, yeah. maybe in the last two minutes, just give up on a little bit of form for maybe 10 more watts. And yeah, it was like the perfect progression. I started at 335, 340, 345. And this was after a gym day. And I was like, I don't know how this dude thought I'd be able to do this. Uh, maybe the fact that you thought I could do it was the reason I did it. But it worked out. So <laughs> all's well that ends well. That <laughs> works man that totally works yeah 100 that's that's awesome that's uh yeah i might steal that that's great (laughs) okay so ashton are you in that environment when you're telling him to like all right dig a little bit deeper than last time are you still giving him um so i I guess going back to your shades of gray how gray was that period then? Cause did you have him on a stri- pretty strict, like, this is what I need you to do, but then push it. Or was it kind of like a bigger window? Uh, I felt like that one was like a little bit of a big window because I know that like Naveen, you had a pretty specific plan. I mean, you know, obviously you've been how many nationals now and you've, this is like your fifth national title. And I was like, well, okay. I mean, at some point it's kind of like just, just don't fuck this up. Chances are he's probably going to win another one. We've got pretty good. I feel good about this. Like I'm not going to fuck it up, you know, but I'm also like, I I also feel fairly strong 
about low cadence work mm. as a little pet peeve. Uh, I don't know that it really does that much, mm. um, especially like if you're doing if you're doing gym stuff. You know, like if your body right. if you don't do gym stuff in season and your body is already suffering from like these muscle imbalances and like you just you know you pedal very throw on a watch how you're going to get your strength work like you're going to have a bad time you're going to have knee problems you're going to have back problems like just go to the gym man like you're training yourself to pedal slow and that's it like if you can put out more watts in a tt position you're going to go faster because watts make you go faster lower cadence doesn't make you go faster absolutely so that was something i felt very strongly about and i was like i think that's a small area of this prep that naveen has and knows works well like let's try and just improve a little bit. I mean, that's what elite, that was. That was kind of my intent for that whole thing. Yeah, I mean, that's what elite athletes want. Like that's when you're at yeah the level where Naveen is at. He's he's refined. He's he's already done like a good prep and he's gotten good results. So it's like from there, it's just finding those little things that can make totally. a big difference. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the you know Naveen again, like the when you're talking about basically having the forward step on communication as an athlete. I think that's something that athletes can take away from this big time. Cause that's, I think what athletes tend to be fairly passive. And I think that, you know, you have the power as your own athlete and your own advocate. So you can ask questions like these coaches aren't this be all end all God that you can't challenge. Um, so yeah, I'm all about that. And that's, thank you for saying that. But that leads me to another question. I was curious to ask both of you, which is, um, so that athlete coach dynamic, and um, what do you both think is super critical, like hypercritical for an athlete and coach to possess in order for the relationship and dynamic to really thrive? So you already mentioned communication um, and we 100% agree on that. But what about beyond that? Like what else do you guys really think will make that relationship work? Um, so, yeah, that's a that's a that's an interesting question. I think communication is key uh but um I'm, I'm struggling to think of something a little bit uh something else that's 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 um as relevant or as important um i think yeah and just maybe it's not the most uh strongest point but i think uh, it's true for me um it's um is finding is is spending that time as an and this is from an athlete's perspective um, uh, spending that time to find the right coach. Uh, I mean, that, that's, that's, it's almost, um, I do believe that there is the right coach for an athlete. And, and I think that, uh, this idea that, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, just spending some time figuring out what your goals are and it's easier in this day and age, I guess, with, with us being on, on social media a lot more and, and uh, we tend to put a, a little bit about ourselves or a little bit of our personalities out there. Yeah, um, yeah kind of not the most poignant point, but yeah, uh, kind of an anecdote of, uh, of how I found Ashton. I mean, I follow like about 50 people on Instagram because I like to just kind of uh, avoid the noise and just kind of focus in on people that, that I can, that I, I feel I can genuinely take something from and apply in my life, not just, not just look and, and be in awe. Yeah. Uh, so Ashton's one of those dudes that I followed and, 
And, uh, you know, you get to find out a little bit about the work ethic, you know, and you find out uh, part of the reason that Ashton appeals to me as a coach, at least in my head, right, <laughs> is, is, uh, is uh, or what, what, what uh, he chooses to put out on, uh, you know, social media or what we all do is um, he, this outsider, you know, who kind of stepped in uses strength training a lot in his training paradigm, you know, um, has a cool mustache. You know, I aspire to have a mustache half as cool as his. <laughs> um, and, uh, <laughs> one of the, one of the requirements for hiring a coach. I'm, I'm waiting mustache. for like a workout. I'm waiting for a workout to show That's up in true. my training piece, like how to maintain mustache, <laughs> mustache maintenance. Oh man. Um, but <laughs> so good. I think in this day and age, Oh, that's an, that's something that we didn't have 10 years ago, right? So leveraging kind of what, uh, the, the time we live in and kind of picking, spending that little bit extra time to find someone that you resonate with as on a human level, I guess. Um, um, yeah, spending a little bit of time to find the right coach, not jumping into stuff and, and do it when you're ready. You know, I think that's also important. Yep, agree with that 100%. Um, Ashen, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Anything? I would, yeah, I would say like communication is important, but also like honest communication, you know, of yeah. just like uh, uh, being able to level with your athlete or like level with your coach and, you know, tell them like, hey, this isn't working or like, I don't like this workout. This workout sucks. Like, <laughs> I don't, you know, whatever, like whatever, whatever comes up as an athlete or as a coach or if it, if an, uh, if an athlete is like, hey, you know, I want to put 100 watts on my FTP by the end of the calendar year. And you're like, no, you can't do that's <laughs> not possible. It's not going to happen, dude. I'm sorry. Like, you can find a coach that will tell you yes to that, yeah. but it's not going to happen. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, like you need to be able to like level with people if someone um, and even if it's not, you know, the best or the brightest news, like being able to have that like open, honest communication is just so important. Yeah. In any relationship, like you just got to be able to tell people the good, tell people the bad, both directions. Um, Cause as a coach, like if you're prescribing a workout and someone's like, Oh, well, I just hate this workout. Like, you don't, I don't want that. I don't want my athletes to like hate the workouts I give them. Like I want them to be stoked about training. I want to be stoked about their training and what they're doing, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I, I, that's, the probably the other aspect of communication I think is important. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Totally. It's some coaches can, I mean, some coaches are kind of like salesmen. So if we, uh, if you get that vibe from a coach and you're not able to kind of like get through that barrier and that layer and figure out kind of honestly yeah. who they are, then that, that might not be the best coach. Mm -hmm. Um, so Naveen, I, I, this is kind of stepping back, but it kind of hit me. You essentially self-coached, obviously, for a, a period of time. Um, and in my experience, working with athletes who have self-coached for an extended period of time, they like to be in control. And stepping away from that control can be kind of difficult. So you had mentioned that you were like, hey, I've got this workout that I, I really love to do. And then you and Ashton went through that. But what other things did you, was that like a tricky period of time letting go of that? Or was that something that you kind of were able to let the reins just completely go? Uh, yeah, good question. Um, it's actually a, something that played a big factor. Um, uh, just to 
touch on another fun anecdote, I guess, which which goes to Ashton's earlier point of just honest communication. Um, and and uh, everything that glitters is not FTP or or, or power numbers. <laughs> during our track training, during our first track training block, I termed it uh, uh, hashtag pursuit for dummies. And uh, because I was literally going from someone who knew nothing about the world of track, not even being able to ride a tra- velodrome or hold a black line to working with. Uh, um, uh, so Ashton's cat just walked across the screen for those. Yeah, those on the podcast are listening to the audio. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought your mustache just came to life. Yeah, <laughs> this is Paul. So yeah, so during that track block, um, here's a here's a guy who is world class and knows how to train for a pursuit, right? And and I've come to him and said, Hey, come up with a pro can you come up with a program for me to get me from zero to competent? That was the goal of this 40-day block. And Ashen came up with this plan and uh in the back of my head, I also had the road was very important to me and, and uh, holding on to my national title on the road was super important. And, you know, I had this, th- th- this fear in my mind that if we switch to this completely new training paradigm, weights, anaerobic stuff, VO2, that's, that, that was kind of the, the majority of the work. I was going to lose this mojo on the road, you know? And so I asked Ashton, Hey, Ashton, can we, can we, can we put one four hour ride in there? Just, just to, just to satisfy my, my road soul. And I, I could tell the, the, the pro- probably the pain that Ashton kind of went through to kind of add that four hour ride. And I could tell that four hour ride did nothing to improve my, my quality on the track, but I just, I had to be open there and, and kind of question a guy who was a coach who's world-class and say, Hey, this is what brings, this is what centers me as a cyclist. And, and Ashton was willing to let go of that, that perfect paradigm, which, you know, he may have had in his head. And, and that's what allowed us to maybe not achieve peak performance on the track, but it really kind of, it was one of those important things for me. Cause now I was like, okay, here's a dude who I can trust and I can, I can feel comfortable working with, you know, the fact that he was willing to kind of maybe reluctantly, <laughs> you know, uh, half a world away, but outwardly he was like, yeah, let's put it in, let's do it. You know, and that, that enthusiasm and that, you know, just willingness to kind of uh, be willing to kind of uh, realize that uh, all that glitters isn't numbers or, you know, performance. That was so important to me. It was that one day in the week, and and oh man, I suffered on that four hour ride. I, I like every week instead of feeling better, it just kept getting worse. But you know, we stuck to it. We we made a we made a decision. And it was a it was a low risk. Yeah, it was a low yeah. risk. It was far out from competition, and you know, riding four hours on the bike. Uh, at the end of the day, it's riding bikes. You know, so uh, that's an example of that. To answer uh, your question about uh, being uh, going from self coach to uh, you know, at letting go of that control. I think this anecdote kind of touched on that a little bit also. Um, a huge part of, um, it was nice that I was getting into something that I didn't know anything about at all, right? Because when you know a little bit, a little bit of knowledge is dangerous, right? There's that, that, there's that saying, but uh, no knowledge at all is sometimes empowering, you know, because at that point you're like, uh, here I was getting into track. I knew nothing about how to combine strength and, and uh, you know, pedaling. And so maybe that that helped the transition a little bit. The fact that I knew nothing about it. I had no preconceived notions about what training for the track looked like. Mm-hmm. And that allowed me to let go of 
everything, you know? Um, so maybe it's a little bit of a unique situation, you know, that, that allowed me to transition from being self-coached to coach by, yeah, helps that Ashton really knew what he was doing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it's, that has got to help a ton. How's the, mm -hmm. uh, as a newbie to the track, how are you, how do you feel you're progressing? How do you, how do you feel you are? Do you feel like you're not a newbie anymore? Or maybe that question's for Ashton, either one. <laughs> Um, so I'll touch on it and then maybe Ashen can too, because he's seen the progression, I guess. Um, but, um, at least from the numbers and from the results standpoint. So it's been, I mean, I used to think that track cycling would be, I mean, there's always this idea, like even when you're a road cyclist and you look at the endurance events on the track, you're like, how hard could this be? I mean, you're turning a pedal, I mean, in anger, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, and, <laughs> but, but what I learned was, these might as well be two different disciplines, you know, I mean, um, the mentality that, and this is like to perform at like a really, at a relatively top level, right. To enjoy the track, it, I, I'd say road cycling and track cycling aren't that different. And I advise, man, I, when I was at Purdue and I always had this, you know, this, this urge to kind of come down to the track at, uh, at Marion and spend some time yeah. there and get into track cycling. Yeah. I still regret not doing that earlier. Um, I, if you're a road cyclist, I'd say adding track, uh, adding the velodrome, adding fixed gear, adding a strength training paradigm, doing it well. Uh, if you, if you're stuck as a road cyclist, I'd say do this without thinking it's so worth it. Uh, even a 30 day block on the track with, with, a with a great coach like Ashton will, will change, will lift your level. I mean, it's just the fact that it's such a different stimulus mentally, physiologically, mindset wise. I mean, it's been a, it's, I'm so glad I did it. You know, um, it's given me this motivation where I was thinking about hanging up the bike, uh, competitively to saying, man, I've got another 10 years, but just kidding. Not, not really <laughs> probably another couple of years. <laughs> so yeah, I'd say definitely give track cycling a go. It's, it's just a stimulus. It's, it's a stimulation. That's just, it's very different from road cycling and it's so rewarding, uh, especially doing it with a, with a good coach, definitely do it with a coach who knows what they're doing. Cause uh, you can putz around the track a lot and absolutely not have that experience, uh, that, that positive experience, that track, uh, has the opportunity to give you as a road cyclist. So, yeah. It's you don't like get a, the exploration of, of roads that you do on road cycling on the track. <laughs> you got to kind of have some, some structure to the workouts. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no zone two riding on the track. <laughs> <laughs> as a, as a yeah, roadie, yeah. I would, I would go to a track and I'd like ride to the track and then I would do, which, you know, it's, it's major Taylor. So it's literally down the street, but anyways, I would get on the track and I would just be in such yeah. this, like, and this was granted, like whatever, I don't remember Naveen like 10, 12 years ago, but, um, yeah. I would do like 80 laps around major Taylor and just <laughs> cruising at zone two. And it was just such a waste of my time looking Classic back. road cycle. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, yeah. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Oh, I would never yeah. do it again. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, I guess one thing I did, I've got a couple more questions for you too. Um, and one of them is goal setting. And I think this is going to be really interesting coming from you, Naveen, um, just because this is a brand new thing for you, but, um, you know, 
what do you guys think is the most, per- and this is a loaded question, but what do you guys think this is the mo- like the most productive way of setting goals as an athlete and a coach? So I'd like to hear that from whoever wants to take that one on. The most productive way of, could you repeat the question? Sure. So essentially behind the intent of it. Yeah, it is a loaded question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess like, you know, we have athletes to come and say, hey, I want to, you know, as Ashton mentioned, I want to, you know, increase my FTP by 100 watts by May. And you're like, okay, let's, let's, let's dive into that and maybe boost that out a good bit and then figure something else out. So what do you think the, I guess, as an athlete first, so let's start with you, Naveen, basically, how do you think is the best way of going about setting goals for yourself? And then Ashton, as a coach, how do you best think to kind of go in and and cater to that or refine or help athletes and poke and prod them to get those goals out there? Mm-hmm. Okay, I get the question, uh, kind of. Um, so <laughs> let me let me try and the way I've interpreted it, let me try and I think it's best answered with the with an anecdote again. And yes, um, bring it on. Yeah, kind of the, the work we've done over the last four months, right? Um, so uh here we are November coming out of lockdown and uh, I'm like lacking motivation as an athlete who's been at the top level of sport in India for the last nine years, riding bikes uh, since college for the last 12. And I'm like, okay, after the, you know, X win or X kind of repeated performance uh, or the X nth power test with, you know, marginal gain of maybe two, three watts, what do you do next? So, um, one of the things that I did was this, set this goal of getting into a new discipline and being willing to uh, start from the bottom and and work with, again, world-class to try and fast forward, you know, this 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 journey that might, that, that's taken me nine years in road cycling. And how can I do that over a shorter period of time? Get a coach, you know, get a good coach. Now, once I said that, I had no idea what to set as a target, you know, uh, to achieve my, I set the goal as, um, uh, learn how to ride in an individual pursuit. Right. And as an athlete, I could have said, okay, let's try and break the Indian record or whatever, you know, 436 indoors, 449 outdoors, or, or set some sort of arbitrary power target, you know, like, like most, most athletes do that. We tend to say, oh, I need to get my FTP up to X or whatever. Right. So instead, um, that was kind of the goal in the back of my head, but I actually never shared that with Ashton. This is the first time I've actually mentioned any sort of numbers like that. I told Ashton, hey, can you get me from zero to competent, you know, just being able to ride track in like the first block. And and then we went, uh, you know, we did that in January. And then February, we said, let's forget about the track. Let's just not even talk about uh, gear ratios. And, um, and it was interesting because when I went onto the track in my first block, it was the first time in uh, nine years that I'd been training without power, you know? And so it was all based off sensation. So that was a totally new world for me, not being able to rely on TSS and, you know, these, these, these numbers. And I was completely lost. National was just like the calmness that he had uh, and the confidence that he had in knowing that as long as this work was being done, you're good, you know? And I, I, I fed off that a little bit and said, you know what, Pah. 
uh, just let go of numbers for the first time in my life, you know, and that was scary. That was really scary. Not being able to use the CTL, the chart, the performance management chart anymore was scary. You know, I saw my CTL go from 101 before I started working with Ashton to just like going to 80, but I was doing this work that was so difficult. That was so challenging. And Ashton was confident that we were on track. And I was like, yeah, you know what? If Ashton's good, I'm good, <laughs> you know? Um, and so to answer your question about, about um, uh, kind of goal setting and productive goal setting, um, kind of, I had this idea in my head of what I wanted to try and do, but really um, sitting down with your coach and spending time defining what the midpoints are, you know, and I think that's been an important key to the, the quote unquote success that we had is like every block, every one month or every meso cycle, we've sat down and just said, you know what? Okay. In the back, you know, there's track nationals happening four months from now. This was in December. And we talked about no objective numbers. We just said, let's just do the work, you know, and let's set some objective goals along the way. So in December, it was like kind of a power goal. At the end of January, it was this competency goal on the track, you know, just get competent, being able to hold a black line and being able to be efficient on the track, not fighting the gearing and, and just being relaxed, but arrow at the same time. And then in February, we said, ah, let's just work towards nationals. It, it's, it's the same thing. It's like sitting in the TT position. Um, and then we had to switch within two weeks at the end, at the, um, at the beginning of March where road nationals was to the end of March where track nationals was. And we had two weeks to switch from road to track. And, and so, um, that was a different challenge in itself, but to answer your original question, yeah, it's, it's as important as it is to have this find the sky kind of goal, this, this, uh, uh, pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that you're working towards. And all of us have that. Some might say it out loud and some might just keep it in the back of their head. I think even more important is, is spending time and energy and honest time and energy defining kind of checkpoints along the way, you know? So, um, and that's what I think we've done pretty, pretty uh, decent, fairly well. So, yeah. The, the stepping stones. Um... Yeah. And I think that athletes get so enraptured with this, like, as you mentioned, like high in the sky goal that they lose sight of how important and cool those stepping stones can be. And it almost like just wipes it off the plate. Like, ah, cool. I did that. Whatever. I I want this. And it's like, well, actually that was really cool. Like that was really hard. And then, yeah. So I think think that's, that's a, yeah, it shows your experience on that front for sure. But um, Ashton, I guess I'm, I'm curious where on, from a coaching side, uh, yeah, how you help guide athletes to cycles. I guess I, I kind of probably zoom out a little bit more and try to think about like, okay, you know, what's the, you know, this guy's got five national titles. Like what's, what's his goal on the track? You know, what's, I mean, it's writing a black line is not like a huge goal, but having this experience and regaining this, like this love of learning new things of the sport, like finding competency in a new area, um, trying new things. Like those are, I think those are bigger goals than like hitting a specific time target. Um, so I guess 
for me as a coach, helping athletes get to those kind of goals of like kind of teasing it out and being like, okay, you want to add a hundred Watts onto your FTP. Why do you want to do that? Like, what's, what's the reasoning behind that? Or like, you want to go to the track, but like, you've got all the success on the, on the road and on TT, like, why do you want to go to the track? Like teasing that out and kind of figuring that out and figuring out what success looks like in that, um, I don't know, sort of perspective, like that's a little bit tougher. And again, a little bit more of a gray area, but, um, for me helping like kind of identify those goals and then achieve those in that sense, that bigger overall sense of like, Oh, you do feel like you gained competency. Like maybe that is, you know, a top five at nationals on the track. Um, and then in that case, that's the goal, but it's part of a bigger goal of like gaining competency in a new area and like learning new things and, um, you know, getting out of the, a little bit of a rut, like, that's kind of how I think of, of goals. And, um, yeah, then the intermediate steps of like learning how to ride a black line, um, doing, you know, even for me, like one of the intermediate steps of gaining coffin, watching Naveen gain competency on the track was like having your first slide out. Like that happens to everyone, man. That's just track riding. That's like, that's yeah. like okay, you're well, you're one more step towards being a track cyclist. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I know that that wasn't a goal, but being a track, <laughs> you know, learning track cycling is a little bit of a goal. <laughs> so, like, you know, kind of identifying those and you know, laughing about it when it happens if it's a bad thing, or you know, congratulating when it's a good thing. Like, I think all of those are important too. So, is it kind of on the line of? Uh, uncovering their motivation beyond just like a number or a, or a result or something like that. It's like, what truly drives Absolutely. you? Okay. Yeah. 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 It, exactly. hundred percent. Love it. Love it. I, I, I mean, Naveen, do you have anything to add to that? Or So, yeah, I feel like um, it's always interesting to um, add a little context and yeah, what Ashton says is so, and, and now that I think about it, it's so true. And, and it reflects in kind of the coaching notes that kind of he drops, uh, on my training peaks, you know, um, a lot of, uh, Ashton's kind of, um, I mean, the workouts are, are, are difficult, but for example, uh, anecdote time. <laughs> so, uh, I started, <laughs> you know, this, this, this pursuit block, in December, I call it pursuit for dummies, right? This is a great example of, of kind of, um, uh, kind of just the language that a coach uses. And I think Ashton does that really well. Um, and it's simple language, right? And it's just a couple words. Um, uh, so I call it the pursuit for dummies block hashtag. And, um, at the end of the block, uh, Ashton dropped, uh, you know, the, on training piece, he dropped the training goal or, or event goal and he called it he renamed my hashtag pursuit for smarties right so it's this it's this again changing i mean what athletes maybe uh we, we can be pretty critical of ourselves and i think um the i think it goes to it speaks to the power that a coach has with the simple words they can use and the simple kind of notes that they can drop on like a on a very uh, inorganic training tool like uh, training peaks that can change an athlete's kind of mindset a little bit and uh, absolutely the confidence that <laughs> I mean the confidence that Ashton had in me was probably about 4x 
as four to five X as much as I had in my ability on the track. And, and, and so, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think it, that rings true to what Ashton said, you know, I, I, that's what a coach does. A good coach does really well is keep an, keep an eye on that big picture and, and keep the language positive so that, you know, uh, it kind of balances out the natural self-doubt that a lot of us as athletes have. Yeah, totally. I, um, totally. I get in this bind sometimes where I'm, uh, I don't really see myself as this like preacher or coach that has like a, these really amazing, like, uh, you know, right before we go out onto the battlefield style style speeches, but like, I, yeah, I'll find myself writing something and then clicking like save and then being like, man, that was, that was so cheesy. And then <laughs> athletes love it. And it can, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. it can go so far, but yeah, the one yeah. word makes a big difference. It's pretty amazing. Huge. Huge. Yeah. Dummies to smarties. Yeah. That's it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was good. Brilliant. Uh, nice. Uh, okay. The, I think we have, all right, we're good. We have, let's do one more question. Um, and this one, I'm just diving into a bunch of loaded questions because so far it's been great and it's been bringing about great anecdotes too. So, um, but you know, over the years I've had athletes come, <laughs> come to me with all sorts of different things. Um, but I was kind of curious from your guys's front, since you both have that athlete and coach experience, um, what advice do you think a coach is best suited for and what, um, and what advice do you think that coaches are not best suited for? So like, what do you, within that, you know, big communication that we were talking about earlier, what, um, where do you think that line is? Like what did an athlete come to a coach with everything? Should it be like as many details as possible or should it be like, all right, this is the main stuff that you should like cover. And that should be kind of where it stops. Um, so I'm kind of curious what you guys prefer both as coaches and as athletes. Hmm. Ashton, do you want to take this one first? <laughs> yeah. I'm, thinking, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. So yeah, buy me some time. <laughs> I think, think it a little bit depends, uh, which is, I feel like a really cop-out answer, but. Um, yep. We've heard that many I times mean, on this podcast. <laughs> I, yeah. It yeah. <laughs> depends on like, you know, some athletes, um, you know, are really comfortable sharing like personal details or like, what's going on with their life. And, uh, you know, like I've got athletes that, uh, you know, I, they, they don't really tell me anything what's going on. If it's like, Oh, I'm like, Oh, how come you miss this workout? They're like, I had, I had personal stuff. And I'm like, that's fine. We don't have to talk about it. Like, that's cool. Um, and you know, I'll just say like, yeah, that's fine, man. If there's anything I can do to help, you know, let me know. Other guys are like, you know, they just call me at any point any point in the day. And, you know, if I can't pick up, that's fine. If I can, it's like, oh, hey, what's up? And like, oh yeah, I couldn't do today's workout. I was out late. I had a date line. And I'm like, fuck yeah, man, that's awesome. Go get it. Like, you know, we'll, we'll move the workout around. Like we can swap stuff around, you know? So I think, um, yeah, it just a little bit depends on the athlete and the coach. Like it's kind of, you know, you want to try to be open and open-minded about, you know, what you can help the athlete with. I think identifying their motivation, you know, everything from, I want to learn something new towards like, I just want to be healthy and like, I need extra accountability. You know, you get every, I get people all across the board and it's awesome. And I love that variety. Um, yeah, I, I find that to be one of the most fun parts is like working with 
all sorts of different athletes. Yeah. Learning different people. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Different Cause it's going to be yeah. different for everybody. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Naveen, what do you, what do you think? You got an anecdote? So, uh, yeah, yeah this is one time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's, that's one of the best ways to communicate, uh, abstract concepts, I think. But, uh, um, yeah, so it, it reminds me that, you know, sometimes, okay, so here's Ashton out, you know, uh, 12, you know, 12 hours away in terms of a time zone and I'm in India. So, um, yeah, sometimes I forget that, you know, we, we're, we're, we're in different parts of the world, culture is different, the challenges are so different. Um, and maybe this is me and, and ha- being, uh, having been on both the athlete side and the coach side, I'm a little bit more perceptive and a little bit more empathetic to, to kind of both parties. And so the way I look at it is at least my relationship with Ashton, our coaching, coach, coach relationship is if, uh, you know, there's, I look at it as, as a, as a professional relationship, you know, and, and, and I look at it as in, how can I, I mean, here I am working with a guy who really knows uh, uh, something about a topic that I'm looking to get competent at or get good at or perform at a top level at. And what I try to do as an athlete is I try to separate the signal from the noise, you know? So I, I don't bring in the constraints like, oh man, there's traffic outside, you know, uh, uh, outside my, uh, my house. Or if Ashton puts in like a two hour ride with quality zone two, um, I can, I can come up with this, uh, this, this, this reason for saying that's hard to do in India. Right. Um, uh, because it's not like, uh, you know, West Lafayette in Indiana, where you can just pop out of the <laughs> campus and, you know, hit cornfields for like, you know, for, you could do like zone two for like 10 hours, <laughs> you know? Um, so I think what I'm trying to say is, um, I kind of, I kind of, when I come to, uh, with Ashen, I come with the most, important and most uh the, the most uh important issues um and i try to really tap into what he brings to the table in terms of his knowledge about uh about about the sport you know uh and i try to uh separate that from everything else you know um uh, but i guess everyone has a different approach and maybe that comes from just being having been on the coach side and the athlete side it's like how can i make the best use of um, my time with Ashton to get the most out of myself as an athlete on the bike, you know, and the rest of it, I kind of figure out, you know, I kind of uh, filter out almost, but yeah, that's just the way I approach it. Yeah. I think, I think that's huge. I mean, the, it, you can't spend endless hours communicating with an athlete, so it needs to be effective and it exactly. needs to, to have a point to it. And um, yeah, I think that's, that's difficult. It's hard not to just, you know, shoot the shit and be like, oh, how's yeah. your day and what's going on in, yeah. your, in your life? But it's like yeah. you need to what I've been really appreciating is I do have maybe like six or seven athletes that come to me and they actually email me before a call with questions so I can dial through them and make sure that we don't miss any of them. Um, and that, yeah, that makes a huge difference. So, yeah, this, this yeah. is great. I think I think that sh- I think that should be part of every athlete's kind of just mode of operation to a little bit. It's, it's about realizing that yes, your coach isn't your, isn't your best bud. I mean, he is a friend, but at the same time, 
it, it is a professional relationship and you want to get the most out of your, out of your writing. Um, and so, yeah, putting down, you know, I, I try to come to every call with Ashton with like a minimum of three bullet points or five bullet points, you know, at least if not on paper, at least in my head. So we can really make the best use of our time together, you know, because especially when you're 12 hours apart. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. One guy oh, is man, going to bed great. and the other guy is getting into the gym. And I think it's just, I think it's important to <laughs> put that out there. And uh, athletes maybe need to step up a little bit and, and yeah, just come in um, and see how they can get the most out of their coach, um, you know, uh, to get the most out of themselves on the bike. Yeah. This is gold. Love it. This is amazing. Um, the, okay. One, one more just fun question for you guys to wrap this up and then I promise I'll let you guys go. Um, and you maybe used it already earlier in Naveen. Um, but what is your favorite workout you've received from Ashton so far? And that can be anything. It can be like a track workout, you know, anything. Um, I'd have to say there's two sessions, one's on the bike and one's off the bike. Anything that Ashley gives me to do in the gym, I freaking love. Um, It's just, yeah, it's just the programming is just perfect as a cyclist and nobody else does this in my experience uh, 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 in cycling. You know, I've seen, I've seen like the work that a lot of coaches do and yeah, it's, it's unique. Um, so I highly encourage people who are looking at combining strength and cycling for the first time to hit up Ashton, but any, any gym session, I just blindly say that on the bike, it's the stuff that I would <laughs> never. So I'm a, I'm a time trial ist by, by, by phenotype and by, uh, just physiologically. And the session that I love the most is the anaerobic stuff that Ashton prescribes, um, anything that's zone six, because, um, uh, as you try, as you start to, and I think, um, athletes that have been in the sport for a while, maybe worked with a coach or self-coached or whatever, who've been at it for a while. And I'd say a while is anything more than four years. Uh, we tend to, we tend to, uh, have settled on our phenotype a little bit, um, uh, and, and what we're kind of good at. And we tend to kind of, do what's comfortable and do what's mildly discomfortable at best. But, um, and so as a time trialist, the zone six stuff is stuff that naturally I don't want to do. I just do not want to do no matter how many coffees I drink. It's just the, the, the courage or the motivation just isn't there. And, and so anything that's anaerobic, man, anything that I feel like I'm going to die and keel over, <laughs> I'm like, dude, Ashton, it's like hard. I'm out there on the road saying, man, thank you for that one. <laughs> <laughs> It's the yeah. masochist side of you coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just these 30 seconds all out with full recoveries, just like have a coffee stop in between, you know? Uh, nice. But <laughs> yeah, uh, it's such a tracky uh, kind of thing too, because 30 seconds all out. I mean, as a roadie, you probably don't really need that. Right. So um, yeah. So that's, that's my favorite 30 seconds on uh, all day off and then repeat. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. All right, Ashton. Hey, oh, that's not an one. excuse to prescribe six of those a week. <laughs> no, no, you're good, man. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it. He's like writing your next block now. Oh, <laughs> that's God. all that's on it. <laughs> uh, Just so, 30 seconds yeah. once a day. <laughs> 
good. Uh, that's how the mustache gets oh, gets get the bushy. Yeah, yeah, that's how you grow it. <laughs> yeah, that's how you get <laughs> the it. Hidden secret. Uh, okay, uh, Ashton, yours is, your question is a little different, but um, what workout are you most looking forward to giving Naveen? And it doesn't necessarily need to be a workout. It could be like a phase or, you know, a, a, a block or, you know, a section of his training that you're most looking forward to giving him. I feel like, uh, the next I'm, I'm excited to see how he goes, how you go in the next block. I mean, yeah. Um, it's kind of one, like a little bit of a variation and probably more of a progression of like what I was doing this last fall where it's just like, it's sort of a substitute for like what, what most people would do for base. And it's just like a ton of like steady state, some really big long rides and some like over-unders threshold type stuff. Nice. Um, but like I had a ton of fun doing that block. I think it works really well for a lot of people. Um, and I know that Bean's been doing this long enough that he can handle that volume. I'm excited to see how that goes. Sick. Like, I think you're going to crush it. It's going to be awesome. Uh, yeah, I think you're talking about like those little, you know, like you go do a power test and you get like two watts and you're like, fuck yeah. But like, you know, I, I'm stoked. I'm stoked if we could get like, you know, you do this block and you do a power test and you get like, you know, eight watts. And we're like, fuck yeah. I think you could. I, we'll see. Let's go for yeah, yeah, the moon. 100, 100 watts. <laughs> <laughs> let's go for a hundred yeah <laughs> seems likely let's do it yeah for sure yeah. oh man <laughs> uh, yes all right on that note thank you cool. <laughs> thank you both for joining me this is a this is a riot uh, awesome yeah man thanks for having us all right thanks guys and uh we will see you guys next time <laughs>